Florida Matters is supported by WUSF members just like you. Your donation of $5 or $25 will help ensure public radio thrives. And thanks to Candy Olson, an additional $50 will be added to your donation. Visit WUSF.org match to maximize your gift today. Welcome to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George. I know March feels like 10 years ago now, but try to think back. As coronavirus spread across the world and the U.S. entered lockdown, there was lots of uncertainty, especially with how the pandemic would affect businesses. We talked to the owner of a St. Petersburg bookstore and an organization that helps small businesses about their questions and fears for the coming months. We're going to check back in with them later on in the show. But first, businesses that are reopening are having to balance public health with dollars and cents. My colleague, Health News Florida editor Julio Ochoa, reported on the challenges facing a chain of hair salons. Well, Julio, thanks for joining us here on Florida Matters. Sure. Thanks for having me. So you recently uh, reported a story uh, which looked at a hair salon and the challenges it's faced in, in reopening during the pandemic. What, what did you learn in your reporting? Well, businesses, it's kind of still the Wild West for businesses out there. They, they really have to rely on themselves to figure out a lot of things about either how they're opening or, or how much they're opening. I know we've reported that the governor has recently allowed businesses to open at 100% capacity, but that may not work for everybody, especially this, this hair salon I went into. Um, they still have to make sure that they're keeping their employees and their customers safe, because if they're not keeping them safe, the customers won't come in. One of the things you write in the story is that business owners, and particularly small business owners, have to become kind of public health enforcers, right? How did you see that playing out in the salon? Yeah, I mean, they have to make sure everybody's wearing a mask, um, anyone who walks in. And I mean, we're seeing that at restaurants and in other establishments around Florida. Basically, enforcing masks is, is left up to, to businesses. Um, but it's not only that, you know, I mean, they also have to do contact tracing. Say if one of their employees um, gets sick or if, if a customer comes in and then later tells them, oh, I, I tested positive for coronavirus, then the employer often has to go um, and find out who was in contact with that employee or customer and then let those people know and and maybe they have to take the appropriate action. You know, they've also become like experts in sanitation. You know, they have to figure out what uh, kind of products kill COVID-19 and they have to know how often they have to use them. So um, you're seeing them, you know, some of them are even doing temperature checks at the door. There's a lot of different things that the business owners have to do uh, during the pandemic that they weren't doing before. What kind of help or guidance is available for businesses with, with some of these public health measures? Or is it a situation where businesses are, are just trying to improvise different steps to, to stop the spread of COVID? So I, I talked to HR representatives and businesses, employment attorneys as well, and they still say the CDC is the best uh, resource. They update their website uh, regularly um, and give advice for employers and businesses. Um, there's also the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Their website is also a resource for 
employers. But other than that, you know, there are these uh, national HR companies that that will kind of offer advice to small businesses. Some some larger businesses they get advice from their corporate partnerships. I know that that the supercuts I went into was getting advice from Regis, which is their corporate the the corporation that's in charge of, of supercuts. So they're they're kind of still figuring out as they go. So can we see any correlation between the reopening of businesses and a and a spike in uh, in COVID cases in Florida? It, it may be too early still to know if we're seeing an impact from the, the openings weeks ago. Um, recent numbers show that there hasn't been a spike. In fact, you know, versus a couple of weeks ago, we're actually down a little bit. So that's good news. But, you know, these things tend to lag. You can, you can have an event like Memorial Day, and then you won't see anything happen until three weeks later. And then you'll see a spike in cases. And then three weeks after that, you'll see a spike in hospitalizations. And then still after that, you'll see a spike in deaths. So it definitely does have three week to a month lag. So we may not know exactly um, for another week or two what the implications of fully reopening are. So businesses are, are trying to take steps to stop the spread of, of coronavirus among employees and customers. But I wonder, as you talk to some of these business owners, what are the concerns that they have still about reopening during a pandemic? I mean, they're concerned about their employees. You know, I mean, these are people like their family to, to most uh, business owners or especially small business owners. They're concerned their employees are going to get sick. They're concerned their customers are going to get sick. And some are even concerned they're going to get sued. If somebody gets COVID-19 while they're working at an establishment or if a customer comes in and says they got the coronavirus while they were there, the employer or the businesses are really scared that they're going to get sued. I did talk to an employment attorney about this. He said that as far as community members who come into establishments, it'd be really hard to prove where they got coronavirus. There's so much of it out in the community, and if they're venturing out into public, they could have picked it up just about anywhere. What else in your reporting uh, stood out to you or surprised you? Well, it would seem when you listen to government officials that businesses just want to fully open and they would open tomorrow fully if they could. But what you hear from business owners is they want to be very careful. They want to be careful for their employees and their customers. And they know that uh, their customers have to trust them when they go out into their business. And if there's not that trust there, then they aren't going to go into that business. That's Health News Florida editor Julio Ochoa. Julio, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Coming up, how a bookstore has learned to thrive in the pandemic. You're listening to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George. Stay with us. This is Florida Matters on WUSF 89.7. I'm Bradley George. In early March, we spoke with Alsace Wellentine, co-owner of Tombolo Books in St. Petersburg, and Eileen Rodriguez, Regional Director of the Florida Small Business Development Center at the University of South Florida. Seven months later, we thought it would be a good idea to check back in. Alsace, I'll start with you. We talked in early March, just as, uh, as the pandemic was starting. Uh, you had closed uh, the sales floor at Tombolo Books, and you were starting to reframe your business around curbside pickup and delivery. Mm-hmm. It's been over six months. What's changed for your business since then? So, well, the delivery is, and the curbside was the majority of everything. 
June 1st um, is when we were able to open the sales floor back up and we did it by appointment. So we continued our delivery service, we continued curbside, and we still do those now. What's different is we do shopping by appointment. That's the main thing. We're, we're able, we were able to continue on the whole time without any major drop off. So that was amazing <laughs> and fortunate. But the main thing is we now do deliveries, curbside, and shopping by appointment, and a lot of walk-ins, but at capacity. What we determined with our staff will be our capacity. And are you doing temperature checks or anything uh, like that for, for folks who come in? We're not doing temperature checks. We are requiring masks, and we are offering hand sanitizer. We also have masks and gloves if people want them. If anyone's acting sick, we'll have to ask them to come back another time. We occasionally have folks who set up an appointment with our online software and then uh, cancel it saying, actually, I'm not feeling well today. So people are being very courteous, really respectful of our space and keeping our space safe. It's, it's, been, it's been a pretty seamless transition to the appointment shopping and the walk-ins. So it sounds like given all the challenges, it sounds like your business is doing pretty well. It's, it's sustainable. It's doing, I mean, I feel like we're doing an amazing job considering all of the challenges and considering the fact that we're new. <laughs> so we're still in the first year of our business in the brick and mortar, and that has its own <laughs> set of challenges. So we're doing a lot, but yeah, it's, go it's going really well. Eileen, what have the, the last six months been like for you and your work at the, uh, the Small Business Development Center? So we continue to help small businesses through all of the myriad of loan and grant programs that have become available to them at the city, county, state, and federal level. Uh, so that's, that's really been the impetus behind all of the work that we've been doing since we last spoke. We've just been helping people figure out the maze of, of all of these programs, how to take advantage of them, how to get their paperwork together, how to apply properly for them so that they can actually take advantage of the, the monies that are being offered. Um, and it's, it's kept us very, very busy. And what are some of the common questions that, that uh, small business owners come to you with that you try to, try to help them through? A lot of the times it's simply, you know, what do I need to do in order to maintain my business, keep the doors open? A lot of it has to do with cash flow. Cash flow is a, a major issue for small businesses now, particularly because we still don't know what the end date of this pandemic is going to be. And so, you know, what we first thought was going to be maybe a one or two month issue, we're now in our, what, seventh month. And, and there is still really uh, no specific end date in sight. So, so helping folks with their cash flow, just to make sure that they're doing everything that they need to do to become as resilient as possible, helping them take a critical look at their operational expenses, try to minimize those, just streamline their operations really to, to keep them healthy. Uh, Alsace, have you had any issues with cash flow or expenses in these last few months? Um, in these last few months, we've been totally fine with cash flow and expenses. We've seen, you know, little shifts in expenses that, that we can handle that are fine. But we're going into the holiday season, which is the biggest season, of course, for retail throughout the year. Um, I think most businesses, retail businesses, are expecting to bring in 20% of their annual revenue 
during the month of December alone, something around that area. So it's quite critical how we go into these next few months. In the book industry, with the slowdowns in shipping and the slowdowns in printing books, we're really concerned about ordering our inventory properly and ordering more of the books that we feel confident will be the best sellers during those last few weeks of December because there's such a good chance that if I don't order enough now and I try to order it closer to that date, they're not gonna come in time. So the, um, the shipping is an issue to be thinking about so we can be planning for the cash flow in November, December. What we're saying in the book industry is that October is the new December. So we're encouraging people to be able to come in now before there are crowds, not that we'll have crowds here, but it might be harder to get an appointment on the weekends as we get more into the year. So um, we've already been wrapping Christmas presents for folks <laughs> here at the store, um, which is fun. We're not playing Christmas carols yet, but we are, <laughs> we are offering the Christmas paper complimentary. So I'm feeling good about our planning for the holidays, but it's of course very up in the air what's gonna be happening just with public feelings and shopping. Eileen, are you uh, hearing similar things from some of the businesses that uh, that you work with uh, getting ready for the for the holiday season? Yeah, I think people are, are a little concerned about what's really, you know, how the holiday seasons are going or the pandemic's going to affect them during the holiday season, just what um, Alsace was saying. Um, what we've been doing is really kind of helping them with perhaps shifting their marketing a little bit. Uh, again, the timing you know, as Alsace mentioned, is, is a little different. Um, just helping them figure out how to really best prepare for that season, whether it's their high season or it could be their low season as well. It just depends on the industry and the type of business it is. And so if people are looking at um, the holiday season being their low season, if they're maybe a service industry where, you know, that particular industry really slows down, then gosh, if things are already slow and you're going to slow even more over the holidays, how is that going to affect the business and things of that nature? So so yeah, we've been trying to help them with marketing and we really think that, you know, helping them learn new ways to reach their target market, learn new ways to engage with their markets uh, might help them through that particular uh, time frame. I'll say, so I want to go back to something you mentioned. Uh, you talked about some challenges with shipping. What, what have been the, the obstacles there? Um, it's just taking a little bit longer than we expect. So the books coming in from our distributors and our publishers, we um, we do so many special orders for customers because our store is a certain size. We can't have everything we want. So a lot of our business is ordering books in for folks and being able to predict and say, we're going to have that book for you in five business days or three business days. And then to have it thrown off by a couple of days really we can't allow that to hurt our reputation. So we're having to expand our, our guesstimate of when the book will get here for the folks. So that's the main thing is just, it's all taking a, a little bit longer and occasionally something is lost in the mail. That's terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> takes extra time to track it down or reship it. Fortunately, that's not happened much, but of course with the added volume as we get closer to the holidays, it probably will happen a bit more. Alsace, how have you balanced still doing business in this pandemic with also, you know, taking care of your employees and taking care of yourself from a health perspective? Masks are required in the store by staff. You know, we were following and are following the CDC guidelines, just checking in all the time. And in the maybe the early part of the summer, we had a couple different staff members who were afraid that they might have been exposed to someone who might have had it. 
So we had them take a few days off, get tested, and we just had to deal with the loss of that staff person for a few days. We are pretty flexible. Um, we have, I think, six part-time staff, and then I'm full-time. And so we were able to shift schedules if people need the time. I, I've had a little bit of time off, which is, which is good to rest. But yeah, balancing work life um, is, a, is a struggle in my household. <laughs> and it's crucial. It's very important. So I'm always trying to recommit myself to taking some time off. Eileen, what have been some of the challenges that you've heard uh, from the businesses that you work with, uh, both with physical health and with, and, and with mental health? Because it's been, it's been tough for a lot of people over these last few months. It really has. I mean, I can tell you that from just from my staff as well. We're still all working from home and, um, you know, there's 40 of us. And so it's kind of hard not to come together and see people. And I know that other businesses are going through the exact same issues, just not being able to reach out and touch someone. Right. But I think, you know, small businesses, they're doing what they can in order to make sure that that they are continuing to take care of their folks. I know one thing that we've been offering our small business owners is a, is a preparedness plan so that, you know, again, most people have opened up to some degree, uh, but not fully opened. And we have a plan that we can prepare for small business owners to help them kind of navigate and, and really sit down and think about step-by-step, step, okay, how do I take care of my employees to make sure that they're not exposed how do I take care of my clients to make sure that they're not exposed and therefore it's not a liability to the small business? Um, so I think small businesses really need to think about having really a written plan. It's, it's good to have, you know, in your mind kind of, okay, this is kind of how I want to do it. But the larger small businesses, you know, especially if they really are kind of open already, the bars, the restaurants, you know, that have a lot of foot traffic, they really should have a, a full-blown plan in place so that they can refer to it, you know, for their employees' sake, saying, hey, this is, this is how we're going to handle this and inform everybody and let them know that these are the rules that are of engagement, if you will, in order to keep the businesses healthy, because ultimately that's what we want. We want those businesses to stay open and to continue to make money. Alsace, I know that you, uh, you ran another bookstore uh, during, the, uh, during the Great Recession and had to deal with the challenges of that. How does operating a, a business during this pandemic compare with some of the challenges that you faced during an economic downturn? Um, so I didn't have the same responsibilities when I was managing that bookstore. The thing that's the same is constantly discussing with our other booksellers creative ways to do marketing and just ways to reach out to more people and get more people to come in the store and to be excited about the new releases. And, you know, being careful with our payroll and hours that we don't go too far, just a fine tooth comb, revisiting the business plan, making sure that we're on track and not forgetting anything. That's a really important one is revisiting the business plan, you know, in detail a few times a year. So we've been doing that and looking to the future. So looking at what's going on week by week, month by month, and then looking at next year and the next two years. And so those skills that I got back then are definitely helpful. We've had the Paycheck Protection Program. We've had other um, programs to help small businesses. Alsace, did you tap into any of those over the, over the last couple of months? Yeah, we did. We got some federal relief. We were able to get the St. Pete Fighting Chance grant, and um, there was an industry grant that we were able to get. So we're, we're feeling good about those opportunities that we were able to receive. 
Eileen, what have been the challenges for businesses that want to apply for these these myriad programs? Because there are a lot out there. I mean, Al Sace mentioned a couple of them. There are federal programs, and then you have local governments like St. Petersburg and others that have also offered their own money. I think the biggest hurdle for these small businesses is trying to keep all of the paperwork straight. Because um, there are, you know, at the federal level alone, they had the IDLE, um, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, they had the PPP, and a lot of times, Small businesses, I mean, they're busy running their business, and then now they have to become experts in filing all this paperwork and figuring out, okay, is this the IDA loan? Is this the PPP? I, I don't know which loan this is, but or, or grant. Let me go ahead and just you know submit my paperwork, and it gets very confusing to those businesses. And so just trying to keep them straight. A lot of times they don't know who gave them the money. All they know is that they applied, they sent the application in, and now they want to know, okay, where's my application? They call us, and we're like, okay, we need to kind of take it back to the beginning and let's figure out which one you applied for so that we can help you figure out where you are in the queue. A lot of times they get confused. They think we're the ones that gave them the money. You know, we don't do that. Um, we're a partner of the SBA, but we are not the SBA. So, so it's just really helping them navigate um, and get the right paperwork together. I, what I've heard from a lot of my county and city partners is that the small business owners are having a lot of trouble figuring out what paperwork needs to be submitted. Um, you know, if it asks for financial statements, if it asks for tax returns, they either have incomplete documentation or they simply don't have documentation at all. So that's where we are kind of helping out those small businesses, helping them figure out the paperwork and let, letting them figure out how to get it to the right entity on time. I'll say you were nodding through a lot of what <laughs> Eileen was saying. Uh, was the paperwork a challenge for you? Um, I am so grateful that my wife handles that part of it and she's available on the weekends to do that. So, but I know it was a huge headache for her. <laughs> it's, she's good with spreadsheets, so it's all great, but I don't have to do it. <laughs> Eileen, what's the biggest misconception that you've heard about the various kinds of financial help that are available for, for businesses? I don't know if there's any act. Well, I'm sure there is plenty of misconception out there. I think, again, going back to the confusion, you know, do I have to pay this back? Do I not have to pay this back? Um, is there, you know, the PPP right now, they have a forgiveness program for um, parts of that loan. Do I qualify for that forgiveness? How do I apply for the forgiveness? I've been trying to apply for the forgiveness for the last two months, but my bank won't let me. Uh, so there's just so much going on. And it does still change on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I think I said that back in March when we first got together that almost on an hourly basis, things were changing. It slowed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. However, things still change quite quickly as far as what programs are available, what the criteria for the programs. I can tell you at the, at the county levels, um, the counties have been revamping their requirements and so they'll go into these different phases. So they'll do phase one, phase two, phase three. And if you apply for phase one and now they're in phase three, you might be able to go back and get a little bit more money, depending again on the program and how they've, how they've structured it. So just a lot of confusion, more of the things than misconception. I'll say so at the beginning, you talked about looking forward to a busy holiday season and you're already seeing some of that business. What do you think in the next six months or so are, are going to be the challenge for you going forward? I think the big challenge will be if and when our county and our city shifts away from wearing masks and mandating masks. So just that same confusion of 
different messages from different authority figures <laughs> and figuring out the best way to move forward safely, you know, always balancing being productive financially and being safe so that we can be productive financially in the long run. And the other thing is, you know, we are doing the appointment shopping. We don't want to be changing a lot of things for our customers. We want to be very consistent. So gradual changes for the better, you know, but we don't want to be like whiplash pulling back and forth. So um, it was a big decision when we decided to close. It was a big decision when we decided to reopen. Um, what we did just last week was expand our hours back to normal pre-COVID hours, at least for weekdays. So we're now open 10 a.m. all the way till 7 p.m. And that allows for more appointments and for more people to come in. We probably will not have to pull that back. Um, so when do we add more appointments? You know, when do we increase our capacity? Only when we feel safe that we won't have to again then decrease it, you know. So balancing that, measuring that, making guesses. Um, that's what we're looking at for the next six months. One other thing is that, that I don't know how to predict is the tourism. And so the, uh, the folks returning to Florida as they do every year around this time of year, will they be doing that? Not all of them. Um, what percentage won't be coming? I don't know. So how to manage that potential gap? As a new business, we don't have the numbers from this time last year to compare it to. Um, and then the numbers for this whole year are going to be weird <laughs> going <Right>. forward. <laughs> so um, we're just doing our best. Eileen, what do you see as, as the challenges for small business in general over the next six months? Much like what Alsace was saying, it's just not knowing what's really coming down the pike. Um, and it's, of course, all been complicated by the fact that this is an election year. So a lot of that is also coming into play. You know, businesses, for the most part, don't know how to predict what the holiday season is going to do, what the new year is going to look like, when we're going to be able to go back to some sort of um, normal operations. And again, they're just kind of taking it day to day. I mean, again, I've, I will always say that small businesses are incredibly resilient. Um, these are folks that they obviously have a passion for what they do and therefore they're just going to sit there and weather the storm the best that they can. And, and for the most part, they don't really get a, very discouraged. I mean, these are passionate folks. They want this to work and they'll do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. So if it means just kind of waiting it out, waiting out the election, waiting out um, the beginning of the year, see how if, if there are vaccines coming, see if, if that is going to help the situation, they're just waiting. All right. I think that's it for my questions. Is there anything else either of you would like, would like to say before we wrap it up? Alsace, actually, you mentioned this earlier as far as your online appointments. A lot of businesses are taking this opportunity to kind of revamp their, their online presence because, frankly, that's the way to get to their market now because everybody is using Zoom and Microsoft Teams and all of these platforms. Alsace, anything else you want to add? We get calls all the time from folks who haven't been in yet, but they heard about us and they said, I was going to go to that one online retailer that you know of for books, but why don't I keep my money in St. Pete <laughs> and we can help each other. And we get that call all of the time and it's so cool and it's so amazing that people are thinking that way. I mean, that's why we moved here because we had the instinct that that groundwork had been laid in this town that people support each other's businesses and that's the foundation for a good indie 
small local business. So I'm just really happy to be here in St. Pete doing this and not somewhere else. <laughs> Uh, that was Alsace Valentine, co-owner of Tombolo Books in St. Petersburg. We also heard from Eileen Rodriguez, Regional Director of the Florida Small Business Development Center at the University of South Florida. Alsace, Eileen, thanks to both of you for joining us today on Florida Matters. Thanks, Bradley. That's our show for this week. Denora Prevost is our producer. And if you missed part of the conversation or want to listen again, you'll find it at WUSFnews.org. I'm Bradley George. Thanks for listening to Florida Matters. Hope you'll join us again next week.